Hey, this is Rich. We're so glad that you joined us today on the VU Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us for VU Summer Vibes. We're spending the summer at VU with some of our VU friends and family. Today, we have my good friend, Pastor Tim Timberlake from Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida, bringing the word. Tim is a man of God who boldly preaches God's word. Let's lean in as he brings today's message. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. When you're there, say there. Can't find it, say, Lord, help me. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21 says, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. I'm going to read that to you again. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in and through this amazing church. We don't take it for granted, God, that you have decided to use us and such a pivotal time in history. And so God, we open up our hands, our hearts, our minds, and we ask that you would speak to us because we're ready to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. All those that agree, say amen Amen. and amen. I wanna welcome all of our friends and family watching online and uh, wherever you are around the world, thank you for leaning in with us as we pursue Jesus in this moment. I wanna talk to you for a moment from the subject matter, I remember, I remember. I'm a huge documentary guy. I love watching documentaries and and it can be a documentary about anything. Um, I specifically uh, love documentaries about animals. Uh, This week has been very special in our household. I have a four-year-old son. His name is Maxwell Ace. uh, And me and my wife, we love watching him watch other things uh, that teach him stuff. And so if you have been tuning into anything on television, you know that this is Shark Week, you know. And uh, the documentaries that they've been showing has just been absolutely Uh, incredible, not because of the actual documentary, but watching his response to them. Uh, There was one particular documentary that they showed about the largest shark that they've caught on camera called Deep Blue. And uh, this shark is 25 feet long and about 10 feet wide. And uh, he began to look at this documentary and he was just blown away. He was like, dead. That thing is huge. It's insane how huge that shark is. I said, it's crazy, isn't it? You know, if you go swimming in the wrong place, son, um, (laughs) you become a snack. And you say, what? (laughs) But I love documentaries. I was watching a documentary last week about this boy. His name is Arielin Heyman. You can do some research on him uh, when you go back home today. Uh, But uh, the documentary is entitled The Boy Who Could Not Forget the boy who could not forget. And uh, this, this boy, Ari Allen Heyman, he has this unique gift where he remembers everything. 
and uh, his parents discovered this pretty early on, and they found out that he uh, indeed was a little bit different than the other kids because he could remember what happened on his first birthday. He could remember what happened on his second birthday. He could remember what happened on his third birthday, his fourth birthday. Not just remember anything, but remember in great detail the whole day. And so scientists and, and doctors begin to bring him in to do research on his brain, and now he's about 18 or 19 years old, and they begin to test him about how well he remembered. And so they begin to ask him, what happened on June 6th uh, on your second birthday? And he paused for a moment and said, I remember it snowed uh, that day. It was an odd day in June in, in England. And, and I remember waking up and putting on a red sweater. I remember my mom cooking eggs downstairs. And after I ate eggs, I went outside and played in the snow. I remember it snowed because it was June and it rarely snows in June in England. And I remember the laces in my shoes. And uh, little did he know that the doctor asking him these questions had a picture of what actually took place that day. And sure enough, to the doctor's disbelief, everything that he said actually happened. And they begin to do more research on his brain to find out that he has a condition called hyperthymesia, which means he cannot forget. As they continued to do research on this hyperthymesia, they discovered in this particular part of the country that there was a population of people who could not forget. And as I was watching this documentary, I began to think to myself, I wonder what would happen to people if they brought themselves to the place where they remembered how good God actually is. No matter what we see, no matter what we may be going through, no matter what the opposition is, no matter how tall the hurdle is, we remember that God is still good. And that's where we find ourselves in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. It says, by faith, Jacob, while he was dying, blessed Joseph's sons, and then he worshiped, dying on the top of his staff. I read that scripture and it baffled me because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that Jacob was dying while he was worshiping, leaning on the top of his staff. And so I started to do a little research and I started to do a little digging and I came across this article written by this rabbi that specializes in historic artifacts and specifically staffs. And he began to break down the importance of a staff. And he began to detail that each and every kid at a very young age was given a staff. Because there was no paper, there were no pens, there were no ways to track what it was that you had endured, encountered, or overcome except by your staff. And what they would do from a very young age, they would get the staff and every time God was faithful, they would carve out the faithfulness of God in the top of the staff. And they would mark down little things that they would not forget, little codes, little inscriptions, little reminders of God's faithfulness when they would go through something. 
And when they would walk around with the staff, they, they always started at the bottom and then they would flip it. From a very young age, when they were two, they, they begin to make inscribes and, and marks and scratches in the staff so that every time they look at the staff, they remembered the faithfulness of God. And this brought me to the place of, of understanding you have to stay long enough in the presence of God to create a memory. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. This is, this is our first little nugget for today. Number one, you have to create a memory that will strengthen you to stand when you're about to fall. See, it's in moments like this where we look at what's going on in, in society and see what's happening to humanity and see, see what's going on in our culture that we have to find ourselves remembering the faithfulness of God when everything else is screaming at us of how God has abandoned us. We have to bring ourselves to the place of remembering how good God is when everything within us is telling us God isn't there for us. It's in these moments in time that we have to bring ourselves to understand no matter what it may look like, no matter how tough it may get, God is good because he's always been good. And I wonder, am I talking to anybody that has their mind made up? I will remember. I will remember. But in order to remember, I have to stay long enough in the secret place to create a memory. This is why this is so important because we always return to the last memory we had pleasure in. That's why time and time again, no matter how many times we try to fight something, we return to it because that's the last place we created a memory. The place that we create memories are the places that we return to. So we have to find ourselves in the secret place long enough to create a memory. We got a culture and a society screaming about getting in their bag. But I wonder, are there anyone in here listening to me right now that has their mind made up? I'm gonna get in the presence of God over a bag. Because if I get in his presence, his word says there's pleasures forevermore. There is nothing missing when I find myself in the presence of God. The reason it's so important is because memories is one of the only things that Satan can't steal. Memories is one of the only things that Satan can't steal. We look throughout the Bible, we see the prodigal son and we see him leave his house. And we see him lose things that he loved and cherished and held so near and dear to him, but he was able to return to his father's house because that was the last place he created a memory. See, his possessions were taken. His friends left him. All the things that he had acquired in this life have now abandoned him, but the thing that he did not lose was his memory to find himself back in his father's house. And I wonder, is there anybody listening to me right now that has their mind made up? Things may, may not be going the way that I thought they should, but I made a memory in the presence of God. So no matter what life may look 
like right now, I can return back to the last place that I made a memory. Oh, come on, boo. I wonder is there anybody that has their mind made up that this is not what I expected, but I can always return to my father's house because I made a memory there. So Jacob finds himself in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, blessing his grandsons, leaning on a memory. And I wonder how many of you have found yourself in the place that sometimes the only thing you have left is the memory you made yesterday. When you are facing the giant in your today, you have to remember that it was only God's faithfulness that brought you over yesterday, that gives you the strength to stand in today, and that will give you the endurance to make it to your tomorrow. So what we find in the word of God, when we see God talking to his men and women that are carrying staffs, we see them carrying something more than a tool for sheep. We see them carrying a walking stick that has a testimony written all over it. So in Exodus chapter four, verse six, when God asked Moses, what is it that you have in your hand? He's not asking Moses because he does not understand. He's asking Moses to realize that you are holding your life's testimony. And if I have brought you out before, I'll bring you out today and I'll get you through for your tomorrow. And he asked Moses the question, what do you have in your hand? And I wonder, is there anybody listening to me right now that is holding on to what God has placed in your hand and you understand that God has not left you nor forsaken you. This is so important for us to understand because at this particular gesture and season of Moses' life, his staff was the only thing that he had. He was now back in the place that he had left in Egypt, which was the palace. And now he was tending to sheep that didn't even belong to him. He was tending to his father-in-law's sheep. And the only thing that Moses had was a staff. And on that staff, I believe that he had testimonies inscribed on it. And God asked him, what is it that you have in your hand? And he says, I have my staff. And then God says, I want you to lay it down. I want you to lay down that staff because that staff represents everything that you work for. That staff represents everything that you've been stressing over. That staff also represents everything that you've been through, everything that you've been stuck in, and everything that I bought you out of. And if you can lay it down, I'll show you how to pick it back up again. I wonder, is there anybody listening to me right now that's willing to lay your life down, that's willing to lay your story down, that's willing to lay your things down so that God can show you how to pick it back up again. He tells Moses, if you can lay it down, I can raise it up again. And after he did that, I believe Moses went back to his secret place and said, you know what, God? Turn this staff into a snake. And after he did that, he sent frogs to plague Egypt. And after he did that, he turned the Nile River into blood. And after he did that, he sent locusts to plague Egypt. 
And he marked down and scratched his staff up and he reminded himself of every single test that God had brought them out of. So when he stood in front of the Red Sea and he held up his staff, he wasn't looking at the Red Sea. He was looking at every other time that God brought him out of something to remind himself, God, you are good here. You are good here. You are good here. You are good here. And I know you'll be good enough to get me over whatever it is that I need to get over. And I wonder, is there anybody that needs to get over something today? I wonder, is there anybody that needs to get through something today? And I'm telling you, the only way you can do it is by remembering what God has brought you out of in your past. And he's looking at his staff and he's reminding himself of the faithfulness of God. Can we go a little deeper? Number two, each day is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift to him. Each day is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift to him. See, I'm a firm believer that God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles. And the principles that you implement the values that you cherish, the things that you hold at your core is what God looks at to see if you're able to advance beyond your season that you're in right now. See, your destiny is moving towards you at the speed of your obedience. And if you can remember the last test that God brought you out of, it will give you the faith and the endurance to remember what you're stuck in right now, you won't always be stuck in. And that he, in fact, will blow fresh wind behind yourselves to move you from this season to the next. Each day is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift to God. See, oftentimes we, we don't like doing what we don't feel we will succeed at. That's why we don't like praying. Because when prayer doesn't serve us, we feel like it does not work. When what we've been praying for does not happen, in our timeline, we feel like prayer does not work for us. So we hear other people talk about prayer and their prayer life and how prayer works and how prayer changes things, and we verbally agree, but our heart doesn't. Maybe our prayers are not working because it's impossible to hear from God when you've already made up in your mind what you want him to say. It's time for us to understand that each and every day is God's gift to us. But what we do with it is our gift to him. We have to spend time with God so that he could make us into what it is he has designed for us to become. How long do I need to stay in the secret place. I'm glad you asked. You have to stay long enough 
to receive his command. See, we're not patient enough to actually hear what God's command is for us because we've built up this mentality that what we want, we get it when we want it. Everything we do in life is on demand. Who watches live TV anymore? (laughs) Right? We don't want to wait for anything. We want what we want when we want it because that's who we are. But I believe God is waiting on a people to lean on him and remember that things he desires for us only come in his time. See, this is the reality. God does not operate on time, but he honors it. And he gives us 365 promises every single year to remember his faithfulness. And when we spend time in his presence, he downloads his command. And when we run with his command, we run into the things that he has for us. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse six says this, therefore thou shalt keep thy commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. When we read that word fear, it's not being afraid. It's not being fearful or fretful. It's having a reverence for him. Understanding when we revere him, his presence shows up. How long should we stay in the presence of God? We have to stay long enough for hope to be birthed again. Let's be honest. We don't have a problem coming to church because we see our friends and our family. But it's something different when we are alone and we have to get in God's presence. It's something different when we actually need to turn our phone off and turn our TV off and turn our laptops off and close our iPads down and actually sit still in the presence of God. Understand this, that is the only place where true hope can be birthed again. It's in his presence that there is fullness of joy and pleasures at his right hand forevermore. You want to know why there's a lack of joy in your life? Because there's a lack of his presence. You want to know where there's a lack of pleasure in your life? Because there's a lack of his presence. Wherever his presence is, there you'll find your joy and you'll find your pleasure. But you have to stay long enough for new hope to be birthed. Again, how long should you stay in the presence of God until God breaks you? So you're not able to see until you're broken. Because the opposite of faith is not doubt, it's what you see. It doesn't take faith to see what you're seeing. It takes faith to believe that what you have not yet seen is actually possible to see for those that believe. You only get that when you get in the presence of God and stay long enough for him to break you. Each and every day is God's gift to us, but what we do with it is our gift to him.
Every day we have an opportunity to take our staff and mark down the things that we remember. I wasn't supposed to make it today, but your faithfulness, God. I wasn't supposed to make it out, but your faithfulness, God. How many of you can remember a situation or a season that you knew you wasn't supposed to make it out of? But because of God's faithfulness, how many of you remember the last promise you broke to yourself where you told yourself, I promise I'll never do that again. And you found yourself doing that again. But because of God's grace and his mercy, he pulled you up out of what you were not strong enough to pull yourself out of. I wonder if there anybody in here that can bring themselves to the place where they remember. We think we know the story of David and Goliath because of the five stones and the slingshot. But we really don't know the story of David and Goliath until we look at it again. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 38, it says, Then Saul addressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. And he says, I cannot go in these because I'm not used to it. And so he took them off. And I want to point something out to you that I never saw before. It says, then he took his staff in his hand and then he chose five smooth stones. And he put them in a pouch of a shepherd's bag. And with this sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Before he grabbed five smooth stones, he had a staff in his hand. Before he got a slingshot ready, he got a staff in his hand. And what I believe David was doing was reminding himself that if I could defeat a bear, God will give me the strength to defeat the Goliath. If I can kill a lion, then God will give me the courage to beat what's standing in front of me. And before he grabbed his weapon, he grabbed his staff because we can't advance without remembering. He understood and knew in order for me to go forward, I got to think back a little bit and look back over the course of my life and see how faithful God has been in my yesterday. And when I can bring myself to understand he was good then and he's good now, I know he's going to be good in my tomorrow. I'm telling you, there's a season and there's a story that God is waiting on you to remember that will give you strength to advance into your nets. That's why David says in Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Have you ever wondered how in the world can a staff comfort you? Have you ever wondered how in the world can a staff bring comfort to somebody? It's because the staff is a walking testimony of God's faithfulness. And even though you're walking through the valley, and even though you're walking through a hard time, and even though you're walking through death, he says, if you can remember, 
how faithful I've been. I'm telling you, you have strength to get through what you're going through. Is there anybody that has their staff on and you're looking over and said, God, you were good yesterday. You've been good today. And I know you'll be good in my tomorrow. The only reason the staff brought comfort to him because he could look at it and see since I was a little boy God's been faithful when I was out tending the sheep in the field God you didn't forget me when when I felt lost and forgotten and, and because you didn't forget me I have a testimony of your faithfulness so although I'm walking through the unknown right now, although I'm walking through uncertainty right now, although I'm walking through things I don't know are going to play out the way that I need them to play out, I can look back over my life and see that you've been good to me. Which brings me to my third point. Progress apart from your purpose gives birth to pride. I brought myself to the conclusion that every blessing, every season, every day that I walk into that God blesses me with, I will turn it into praise and worship because anything I receive that I don't turn back into worship eventually turns back into pride. And I can't turn my life back into a prideful situation because I remember where God bought me from. And it's easy to know who you are when you remember who you were. David understands progress without purpose gives birth to pride. And this is where we find Jacob. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. By faith, Jacob in his old age was dying. I believe Jacob is in Hebrews chapter 11 because faith was the only thing that he had left. See, at this particular stage in life, the Bible says that he was blind. He couldn't see. But it also says that he had a staff. And although Jacob couldn't see, he could feel every indention that he made in his staff to mark out God's faithfulness. And because he could still feel how God bought him out 10 years ago, how God bought him out five years ago, how God bought him through yesterday, where the God says that he worshiped, He couldn't see, but he had the ability to lean on a memory. He didn't know how the day would play out. He didn't know when his last breath would be, but he he had his mind made up that with the breath that I have left, I will worship. I wonder, is there anybody in here that, that can acknowledge? I may not see how things are going to play out, but I remember that God has been faithful. 
And because he's been faithful, I will worship. See, worship is so vital because it's the only thing that God can't do. That's why he created you and me. It's the only thing God can't do because in order for God to worship, he must acknowledge that there's something or someone higher than him. And there is nothing higher than him. So he created us to worship him and acknowledge that he is God and beside him there is no one else. See, the only reason that we exist is to fulfill an assignment. And a part of that assignment is to bring pleasure back to God. When we bring pleasure back to God, it creates a memory for us. So if you're listening to me right now, you say, I don't have many great memories. I'm telling you, today is a great opportunity to create one. Today is a great opportunity to create one. You, you may not know this. Some of you may. But the only reason you're able to hear me, see me, and be in this moment is because of God's faithfulness. When you can remember what God has brought you through and what God has brought you over, you have to bring yourself to the place of acknowledging that there is someone higher than me. And so I don't mind worshiping. We find Jacob in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21 being remembered as a worshiper. But there's a huge difference from how Jacob's story began. Because the way Jacob's story began, it describes him as a deceiver, as a thief, as a robber, as a man on the run from his purpose. But the way that his story ends, it ends as him being a worshiper. And listen to me, I came here to tell you today, it doesn't matter how your story begins. It doesn't matter what you are running from. All that matters is who you're running to. And if you can find yourself back at the Father's feet to create a memory, it will give you sustaining power to get through what it is that you are going through. I want you to stand on your feet right now. Let's take this moment to bow your head, close your eyes. Those of you online watching, you're listening to me today and you say, I, I remember. Remember that I in my own power did not get myself to this place. I in my own power did not save me. I in my own power did not heal me. I in my own power did not deliver me. Only a savior can do that. And I need to remember to prioritize him again. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands right now 
If you're listening to me and you say, I need to create a new memory, I, I don't have many good memories, but today I believe is, is a day I can create a new memory. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands right now also. And for those of you that have your hands lifted, I just want you to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for giving me the ability to create a memory. I don't take it for granted that this moment in time, you have chased after me. And so God, I stop running and I run towards you. And I thank you that you can do great things with me. And I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that you are my risen savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.